0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
1: And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamaninni. As usual,
0: you know that you need to make sure that you're on our Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio because that is how we keep going. And Matt famously has... We we had a meeting yesterday, uh, me, Matt, and Ashley, about all of the upcoming, especially special Patreon exclusives and like round tables and discussions. So you're going to want to be on that is all I'm trying to say.
1: That is our holiday present to you.
0: That is our holiday present to you. Yeah. So if you know us, then you know that we are reporting on all Sondheim Remembrance News. Literally, as we're recording this right now, Broadway has dimmed their lights. All the marquees have flipped to uh, Stephen Sondheim recognition. And we're, I am sad that I can't physically be there, but I am really, really glad that it's happening. I'm seeing all the videos on Twitter. I'm sure you are, too. Uh, but according to uh, New York Times' uh, Michael Paulson, streams of Stephen Sondheim's music are up more than 500%. New York's uh, Drama Bookshop, you guys. Know that I love the drama bookshop. Mm-hmm. They have sold out of the first volume of his collected lyrics, you know, finishing the hat books. Uh, and close to 5,000 people have been entering a lottery to win tickets to weekend performances of the sold out run of Assassins. Thank God Matt and I were on the very uh, front lines
1: of that show. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness we got in there early.
0: Oh yeah, but and and you know Matt and I will be attending uh, Encore's into the woods next year which is now dedicated to Sondheim. Uh, a film version of Follies has been in the works uh, that they, you know, everybody's been tweeting about that today as well. And the script is of course in active development according to a spokesman for the production company Heyday Films. Thursday company opens, which is hopefully when you're listening to this episode, as well as West Side Story the film. Um it's Sondheim's world and we're just living in it. Like It's kind of amazing that we're in this time where we are celebrating so much of Sondheim's work at the same time when we are in mourning. I think that that's honestly really kismet. So I really appreciated this article that Matt sent me.
1: Well, and what's interesting about it is, is that not only has the Follies film been in development for a while, yeah. um, but the article also talked about, which I think we've talked about on the show, um, the fact that New York Theatre Workshop is getting close to announcing some sort of production of Merrily We Roll Along. What's interesting about those two projects are is that though they were both you know, in production and in development long before Sondheim passed, it seems like his passing has at least in part, contributed to some changes um, and then some other changes that have happened um, regardless of of his passing. The longtime script uh, writer and director who were attached to the Follies film uh, apparently are no longer because somebody else mm-hmm. wants to get their crack at um, another Sondheim movie musical.
0: Mm-hmm. So just
1: throwing that out there. And then... <laughs> Is the- a toy question
0: Is that what you're talking about?
1: Uh, I don't know about the script, but the person who said playwright might have worked with on a recent Sondheim musical movie. Wink, might, wink,
0: nod, nod.
1: Yeah, uh, phone home. Um, but <laughs> thank you. Um, but the New York Theatre Workshop production might not be a New York Theatre Workshop production, like where it's housed. It might go from being a uh, a nice, uh, you know, interesting off Broadway show to a huge big ticket Broadway show with some very, very famous people in it. So we'll see what happens. I I kind of like the idea of the New York Theater Workshop version of Merrily better than the one that it might happen. But
0: that was the film.
1: Yeah. Well, that we've still got like, what, 18 years for that um the however if the rumors about who might be starring in a broadway revival of merrily roll along actually come true that will guarantee that merrily is finally a hit on broadway like that will be one of the toughest tickets to ever get on broadway if that happens so and we've only got two of the three leads that are being rumored currently so we'll see you might need some sort of like I don't know, spell to find tickets, or maybe you can just, you know, use a web and swing on into uh, the Great White Way. But if that those rumors come to fruition, that will Ooh. be a very, very tough ticket to get.
0: Very sneaky sis. <laughs> I see what you did there, Matt Temenini. Do what I can. Uh, bada, bing, so the new whoa, version Whoa,
1: of- wait a minute. Whoa. What a transition into this next story completely unplanned.
0: Wow, 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 wow. So the new version of Cursed Child has reopened on Broadway. And we have new reviews. Famously, the show has been revised to one showing instead of the two-show presentation, a la Angels in America, if you will, uh, that they were doing pre-pandemic. So according to reviews, Alexis Solowski of the New York Times said, During the sped-up beginning, I wondered darkly if the show could now exist as just another theme park attraction. It's more than that. Besides, three and a half hours of enchantment is still a hell of a ride. You know, many of us had questions. About like, will it still be just as fun and magical, and you know, with all of the the theatricality of of the first two shows? And they're saying that, uh, yeah, it's. Just as exciting. So Adam Feldman of Time Out New York says, Despite its shrinking, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child has kept most of its charm. Some of the changes are surgical trims, and others are more substantial. Like, uh, for example, the older characters take the brunt of the cuts, meaning like Harry's uh, flashback nightmares, for example, are completely gone. So, you know, if you saw it before, you're going to notice a lot of plot changes. But again, like most of those things, I guess, happen to the older characters
1: Aww. yeah. Well, I guess if it's
0: for kids though, right? Yeah,
1: it is for kids. My brother and niece will be getting tickets to see this when they're up there for spring break. But I will say, um, if Harry's flashback nightmares are removed, merrily we roll along could be described as a flashback nightmare in some cases.
0: That's so pure. Mm-hmm. I see what you did, Matt. You're a better writer than me. All right, so according to Broadway news, Broadway grosses dropped from Thanksgiving weekend highs. I know you and I had referenced that before on the show, but they're still operating pretty high. So grosses across the 29 shows on Broadway reached 26.2 million, playing at 83% capacity. This is still the second highest gross reporter for the season, and fewer shows played this past week, or this week, rather, because Chicken and Biscuits, Is This a Room, and Dana H are all closed. And then there are also a cancellation of three wicked performances due to a COVID outbreak in the, in the crew and cast. So, I mean, that's still pretty good. We're still going to, you know, be uh, transparent on what we're seeing. But that is, you know, the second highest gross for the season. And we can only be happy about that. I know that the holidays are hopefully going to be an uptick. Um, I'm not sure if people are coming into the city to visit. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted is the point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that brings out to over $900,000 per show. And obviously, that's not equally distributed across all shows. But that's not a horrible number. You know, normally you would have shows, um, and you still do. We don't know because they're not telling us individual show grosses. But normally, you'd see like Hamilton up at like $2 million a, a week and then other shows down in the low four hundred. So I'm assuming that's still the case, and some even lower than 400. But to average out about $900,000 when people are still starting to kind of uh, contemplate what this Omicron or Omicron, depending on who you are listening to, or if you're Joe Biden, Omicron. Omarosa. Omarosa yeah, her too. No. Um, but dealing with, you know, this new variant that I think is keeping people a little bit more concerned, like that's, those numbers aren't terrible. So I'm looking forward to the days when we can get back to having Individual show grosses, so we can know what's doing well and what's not. But this is at least encouraging, um, and we expected it to come down after uh, after Thanksgiving. But this isn't as bad as it could be.
0: It's not, and we just want we just want the best. So let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. <music> if you're carrying a credit card balance month to month, you're a normal person and it sucks to be alive. It can feel like you're in this never ending cycle of debt with no end in sight, but Upstart can help you make that final payment so that you can get ahead.
1: Upstart is this fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan and it's done all online because who the hell wants to go sit in a bank to try to get a loan? Nobody wants to do that. Whether you wanna pay off credit cards, consolidate high interest debt, or just get some extra money for some own personal expenses, over one million people have used Upstart to get a single fixed monthly payment and they always know when they're going to pay off that loan. Rather than looking up that made up credit score that nobody actually knows what goes into it, Upstart considers your income, your current employment, your credit history to find a smarter loan just for you. And you can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just minutes to get loans from between $1,000 and $50,000. And you can get that money in as fast as one business day.
0: Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com Broadway. That's UPS S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you.
1: Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. One more time in case you needed to write it down, it's upstart.com slash Broadway.
0: the pawn UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson famously known for his hair announced Friday they will further extend the legal requirement to wear a face mask to most public indoor venues including theaters cinemas with the exception of course which is where it's not practical such as like you know when it's when people are eating drinking exercising singing but if you're not doing any of those things put a mask Uh, on
1: I I, when I go to the gym I wear a mask I think you can exercise uh, with a mask on I
0: agree but there you have it. So the producers of the Broadway Company Revival have partnered with Black Theater Coalition for a paid apprentice program for creative and management professionals pursuing a career in theater. So the apprentices uh, that they've named include Jordan Fleming in producing, Siobhan uh, Peterson in stage management, Brandi Knox in company management, Tanisha Fordham in directing, Dwayne DJ Frehlin in lighting design, Damian Joel in costume design, Bobby Lee Crow III in musical direction, and Twee McCallum in sound design, BT is also working with multiple general management offices to use this apprenticeship program for upcoming Broadway productions. So I really appreciate that they are making a concerted effort to make sure that there is Black representation in places of uh, power like this. You know, it goes beyond what we see on the stage. And the more companies that are willing to embrace these apprenticeship models, the better.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing we talk about all the time. The representation on stage is obviously super important. But if we really want the things that we see get put on stage to be different, that Starts with people behind the scenes, whether those are the producers that actually bring things there, the casting folks who get people seen, um, the people working in general management offers, though they need to be as diverse as as the people on stage, if not even more so. So I think this is a wonderful project and look forward to it bearing really rich fruit in the future.
0: Full agree. And finally, in A Farewell of Sorts, Arlene Schuler, the president and chief executive officer of the New York City Center, announced that she will be stepping down at the end of the 2022 season. In a statement, she said it was... An enormously difficult decision to make because she is passionate about the work and loves the institution. Um, All organizations benefit from new perspectives. And I have been there for 19 years. I knew it was time. So Arlene began her career as a dancer. She's incredible. And we wish her all the best in her creative endeavors.
1: Do what? God, I'm a dancer.
0: (laughs) A dancer dances. Uh, We wish her the best in her creative endeavors going forward. And I appreciate that she is trying to pave the way for someone's new perspectives in this role.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, City Center. Always fun. Mm,
0: I will be watching. So over the past week, uh, this is our recommendation portion of the show, but Matt and I have had such incredible theater experiences recently, so we want to talk about them. So over the past week, I had the opportunity of seeing Tracy Letts' bug at Steppenwolf. And I just want to, before I get into the whole, like, uh, everything, Steppenwolf, their team, everyone there, I felt so safe and I felt so taken care of, like from the start of you know helping make sure that everyone's vax cards and and the way that the staff like moved uh, everyone from the lobby into their seats, like just top to bottom. This was my first time going to Steppenwolf, and I've built this experience up for years. In totally, my brain. and um, I, I just couldn't get over the incredible facility. Like I, I was just looking around, and they had this gorgeous, um, wing to the right that was like a, they had three tiers of bars. They had one bar downstairs. Hello. They had an upstairs, uh, wine bar and then above that. And then of course, like we, you know, we were in the downstairs area. And then to the left, there was this gorgeous educational wing. And then of course, there was a the theater. And I couldn't get over this amazing space. And I just thought, okay, like, This this far exceeded my expectations. Come to find out, of course, uh, in learning uh, from Madeline at Steppenwolf that they just recently expanded during um, the the break that they've had for twenty months into this fifty thousand square foot um, expansion. So they have they have dedicated so much time in in accessibility for their patrons, um, in enjoyment for their patrons. And I just want to say, like, it was amazing. So if you've never been to Steppenwolf before, you definitely need to go. Right now, um, I know that Bug is only showing until the end of this particular week, but I know that they have more coming up. Anyways, uh, include uh, the, this production of Bug included Steppenwolf players Carrie Coon, and I know that you're a big fan of Carrie Coon. Um, she's about to be in The Gilded Age as well, and of course is Tracy Letts, uh, the, the playwright's wife. Uh, Namir Smallwood, who I just saw at the reopening of Broadway for the first performance of Passover, is back at Steppenwolf. Um, Jennifer Engstrom, uh, who... I honestly, arguably, I was like, please, I want to see you in everything you do. Her performance within, you know, maybe 20 minutes of that show, like she's, she's not in a, in a huge portion. I was like, I don't care what it is. I will see you in anything and everything that you're a part of. Her performance was so rich and, um, I was just obsessed. Uh, but the direction was, of course, by Tony Award winner David Cromer. And this was a seriously superior production, which, Was no shock at all because it's Steppenwolf, which is so highly regarded, but the only shock for me was the content because I'm a bad theater maker. I chose to omit myself from the subject matter and not read the play originally penned by Tracy Letts in 1996.
1: That was a mistake. Mm. Because.
0: I just didn't I chose to just go okay I'm gonna go in blind and besides the performances the writing the um, and, and I specifically want to applaud Takeshi Kata for the incredible set design capture that kept me so glued immersed in the storytelling I really can't stop talking about this production. I told everyone that was in Chicago that is on a tour that is off for Tuesday that they had to try to see this production. And a bunch of them are going now, which is great. Um, But yeah, so I I just wanted to say thank you again to Steppenwolf. I can't wait to visit even more. But this production was truly astonishing. And so, yeah, if you you had the opportunity to go, great. If you uh, haven't yet, it's still playing for the rest of this week. So please go. And I want to throw it to you, Matt, because you had a great experience going to see the national tour of the prom.
1: I did. But real quick, here's some bug trivia. I've seen a production of bug too. So uh, the the original production, um, was it Wooly Mammoth? Well, he wasn't in the original production. He was in the original Chicago production and then Mm. went and did the off-Broadway run. Um, Reeve Burney and uh, Amy Landecker were also in the off-Broadway production. But Michael Shannon reprised his role in the film version back in 2006. You know who else was in the film version, don't you?
0: Ashley Judd and Ashley Judd. (laughs) I forget
1: (laughs) Zaddy Warbucks himself, Harry Connick Jr.
0: Jr. Famous for being the pianist, and when Harry met Sally, I mean that was really the the tipping point for him for me.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, so a great weird show. Uh, Love everything Tracy Letts, but yeah, I saw. Uh, The prom at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida on Tuesday night. I famously adore the prom and wept openly and laughed hysterically when I saw it. Uh, The first time on Broadway, Um, I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody that this production does not have the same energy or sharpness that the production does because uh, or that the Broadway production did because the original Broadway production featured the four main actors who the roles were written for. So there's just that sharpness and authenticity and um, perfectly aligned. Um, relationship between character and actor that doesn't happen in this one as much. Um, It's still fantastic and still very, very good, um, but it didn't have the same magic of Brooks and uh, and, and, um, Beth and and Chris and Angie, Um, but it, it was still a very strong production. The interesting thing that a lot of people have talked about with this production is the fact that Caden Kearney, who is playing Emma, is non-binary and go by they, them uh, pronouns. So this is being referred to as the they, them, uh, production of of the prom, which is always fun. Caden um, is fantastic as Emma. I really enjoyed seeing Caitlin West, who was in the original Broadway uh, production of the show, as, oh gosh, one of the two mean girls. I can't remember which one. Uh, she was, but it doesn't matter. Um, she was no, she was Shelby in the original production. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were great together. I really I- enjoyed their chemistry. Um, Courtney Ballin, who was a member of the original Broadway uh, company, um, she was she was very good as Dee Dee. It's so hard to get Beth Level out of your head, though, because Beth Level is perfect. Um, Peter Wetzel played Barry Glickman. Um, he seemed to be doing a reasonable facsimile of of Brooks Ashmanskis. Very good, not as natural, but um, a, a still a very, very suitable Barry. The, the biggest difference for me was with Trent Oliver. Bud Weber played mm. him, and he was very different than chris sieber he's a younger guy um than than chris is very different energy that was where the biggest difference was um for me in the main characters um and i thought that was interesting shavy brown also played sheldon very different than uh than your good friend josh layman um but uh but yeah overall really good production my one complaint was the sound uh, quality of the Dr. Phillips Center is always a little lacking. It's, I always feel like the the mics need to be turned up a little bit, uh, but that's certainly not on the production. Um, but otherwise, always an enjoyable show. I love that show, and I'm glad that I'm going to get to see it on Sunday as well.
0: Nice. Well, I, that's hey, that's a perfect way to round out the show for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. Like I said earlier in the show, patreon.com slash Radio. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at it's Grace aki. Matt, where can people find you?
1: I don't know, man. Uh, BWW Matt, I guess. Apparently, I don't engage with you enough to be in your your family tree. F- that uh, hurt uh, my
0: feelings. I almost didn't post it because you weren't in it. What?
1: You didn't even notice until I complained. That's no, fine. I
0: did. I did. I'm just saying. I did because I saw Broadway Radio in it
1: but not me it's fine i was in robbie's i was at the top of robbie's tree but not yours it's fine i'm not i'm not hurt
0: this is the patriarchy thank you guys so not much for uh talking the, to the, us no, no. To it's the it's the page patri-
1: <laughs> it's the patriarch tree
0: we gotta go <laughs> Goodbye, maybe, everyone.
1: Maybe, maybe i'm not a better writer than you <laughs>
0: have a great day guys we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>